Well, our text will find much application this morning because it talks about worry. I think all of us experience that from time to time. But let me ask a question. Are you a worrier? You know, I've noticed that there is a little bit of a difference. You know, all of us worry at times, and that we're just given to that as human beings. But I've also found that some people are worriers. They just worry constantly about virtually everything. They are chronically anxious about what might happen or what could happen. They're often so unsettled that they, they rarely even can rest because they're so worked up by anxiety. Today there are a record number of people being diagnosed with all kinds of anxiety disorders. In fact, it's outpaced all other uh, mental illnesses that are diagnosed, even depression and others, anxiety disorders. And it's having a costly toll on people's health. A well-known stomach specialist at the Mayo Clinic for many years stated that 80% of the patients that he saw who came with stomach disorders of all various kinds were not organic but functional, 80%. By that, he means that wrong mental or spiritual attitudes throw disturbances into the body. Most of our ills, he said, are caused by worry and fear. And then he, he went on to say, my experience is that Faith is more important than food in the cure of stomach ulcers. Suffering caused by worry can be, and often is, completely unnecessary. Another experienced physician decided to analyze the worriers who were his patients. He found that 40% of them were apprehensive over things that never happened. About 30% were concerned with past matters that were beyond their control. Another 12% anxiously feared the loss of their health, although their only illness was in their imagination. The rest worried about their family, friends, neighbors, but in most cases, he discovered no basis for their fears. In other words, our worry is over things we can't control or things that haven't even happened or may not happen. An old saying says, worry often gives a small thing a big shadow. Worry makes us anxious over things that are oftentimes fairly small when we put them into right perspective, and yet we keep ourselves up at night worrying about them. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? What benefit do you get from all the worry you put yourself through? Well, the answer is nothing. You get nothing from it. Now, we worry about a lot of different things. I compiled a list here of five things we worry about, five reasons why we worry. First is oftentimes the future. We worry about the future. It's that great unknown. You know, a lot of people are just fretting about what's going to happen. You know, what's going to happen after the election? What's going to happen uh, when my lease is up? What's going to happen, you know, to my job in the future? And we play through various scenarios in our mind of here's what could happen, here's what might happen. And oftentimes we play into the worst fears. So we worry about the future, even though we have no control over the future. We worry also about failure. We worry about failure. What are people going to think of me if I fail in some endeavor? You know, are people going to discredit me? It, am I going to be laughed at so we're, we're afraid of the future we're afraid of failure we worry about it we're also worried about finances will we have enough 
what's the bank account look like? And honestly, finances becomes one of the main areas where people worry about, and it can be very difficult to trust God with money. Also, we worry about family. This may be one of the main areas that people worry about. Our kids, our grandkids, our parents, our siblings. You know, we love them, so it's natural for us to worry, even though that worry oftentimes creates more problem than it does any good. Finally, the last category of things people worry about or reasons they worry is fitness. And by fitness, I mean both age and health. We worry about our health. We worry about losing our health or something changing that. When when something starts to act up, we go into worry mode on steroids. Also, we worry about aging. That as I get older, am I going to still be able to take care of myself? These are things that people are racked with worry about. And we could add one more F onto our list, although it's not really, maybe it's the reason we worry more than any others, and that is fear. All of this goes back to fear. It's the father of worry, if you will. And fear, of course, can be rational or irrational. Rational fear is, of course, fearing things that actually make sense. Irrational is is afraid of things that might be. And honestly, a lot of worry is irrational fear. Here's the thing. Worry is something we all do. I would say say everybody in this room is worried about something at some point. But why is it a problem? Why should we even talk about it this morning? I would say it's because worry reflects a lack of trust in God and his provision. When we worry, we doubt that God is going to provide or that he will help. And it can lead us down a very dark path of distrust and doubt. Here's the big question I want to deal with this morning. How can we have peace when anxiety strikes? How can we have peace when anxiety strikes? Now, for a lot of people, this is what they desperately want to know. How can I have peace? Well, the answer is given to us in the word of God. It is prayer. If worry shows a lack of trust in God, then prayer declares our confidence in the Lord to do what we cannot do. Prayer, is, prayer provides that peace even in times of worry. So to anyone who is tempted to be anxious or to worry about things, the real question we ought to be asking ourselves is, have you prayed about it? Have you prayed about it? Now, one of the greatest texts in the Bible that talks about worry and about prayer is found here in Philippians chapter 4. If you're not there, turn to chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. And we're only going to talk about two verses this morning, but there's a lot to talk about in these two verses. In fact, we could probably go even longer than we will and not get to the bottom of it. Now, we're in Philippians chapter 4. Now, we talked previously about the conflict that was going on in the church between these two women who were at odds with one another. And then in verse 4, Paul switches to general instructions for the whole church, saying first, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And he moves through these general instructions, getting down to verse 6, where the general instruction is be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Now, I don't know about in your Bible, but Philippians 4 is such a great chapter that, I mean, you could take a highlighter and just go down through the entire chapter, every verse, because every verse is wonderful. 
you ought to have them memorized almost because there's so much good, great practical content worked into Philippians 4, including how to deal with worry, what to do with worry. Well, in answer to that question, how can we have peace when anxiety strikes, the answer is prayer. In this passage, we see three reasons why prayer is the answer. Three reasons why prayer is the answer. I want to give them to you. First of all, prayer sets us free from worry. Prayer sets us free from worry. I found this about anxiety and worry is it's kind of like an addiction almost. When people who worry oftentimes get stuck doing it, and even though they would love to free themselves from it, they just never seem to be able to. It's like it's got a hold on them. And, and if they do try to free themselves from worrying, then they just worry if they've done enough to free themselves from it. And around and around it goes. So the question is, is there any freedom from this constant anxiety and worry that we often experience? And I would say the answer is yes. And the answer is found right here in the text. Look at verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, somebody might look at that verse and say, well, that is a very simple solution. In fact, I can imagine someone who has a degree in psychology listening to this message and saying, Reed, you just don't understand. You don't get it. It's way more complicated than that. Now, granted, I, I understand that we make things more complicated. But honestly, I'm, I'm inclined to go with God on this one than the experts. And I really think that one of the reasons people might look at this and say, well, this is a very simplistic solution. You know, isn't the problem way more complicated than that? Is that we fail to ever try this. If we actually put verse 6 into practice and we actually presented our request to God and did what it said, we would experience the peace of God, which the next verse talks about. The fact is, we, this is so rarely tried that people think, eh, it probably doesn't work. Or if it does work, it's only just sort of a psychological trick we play on ourselves. Now, if you have the temptation to be incredulous this morning and kind of to sit back and say, Reed, I don't, I don't know, prayer, just praying, is that going to free me from worry and anxiety? I want you to kind of come with me as we study this passage. And I would also issue this challenge. If you doubt that prayer will alleviate the symptoms of worry, Give it a try. Really try it. Not just touch on it and then say, ah, that didn't work. Move on to something else. But really do what it says because I think this is quite profound, actually, when we think about it. He says at the beginning of verse 6, and I love the way it's stated in my version here. He says, be anxious. And if it stopped there, we'd be, you know, okay, that's a command I can obey. Be anxious, yes. I have no struggle there. And then he keeps going. Be anxious for nothing. Okay, it just got hard. Now, this is one of those difficult commands in Scripture because all of us naturally slide into being anxious. But the difficulty of God's commands don't mean that we should sidestep them. Somebody might say, well, okay, I understand what you're saying. I'm hearing you. I'm supposed to pray instead of worry, but I can't. It's too hard for me. And honestly, the world would be glad to give you lots of excuses on why you couldn't obey this command. You know, 
You don't understand the trauma I've been through. You don't understand the, the history and the past I have. You don't understand all these complicated factors. But just because a command is hard doesn't mean we just skip over it and say, well, that's, that's too tough. No, we'll move on to the next thing. You know, I, I remember in, co- and not in college, but in uh, high school even, there would be uh, tests and, and standardized tests where you fill in the little bubbles on the sheet and stuff. And they always told us, if you get stumped on a question, skip it and go to the next one. And then, you know, maybe you'll think of the answer later on. Well, that's not how we can approach Scripture. You can't just say, well, this, this is a tough verse to obey, so I'm just going to skip it and move on. No, the Bible tells us that we are to do this, even if it is hard. Now, how can we? Again, stick with me, and I think we'll see. He says, be anxious for nothing. Essentially, let me break this verse down like this. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Pretty much he closes the door on any excuses we might make. Well, what about this one thing? What about these sets of circumstances? What about this exceptional uh, situation? No, he says, don't be anxious about anything. Nothing at all. Why? Because worry is an extremely unproductive activity. It's different than preparing for something. If you're preparing for something, you're actually taking steps. But worry is oftentimes just getting stuck on what's going to happen. And I'm worked up and, and I'm anxious and I'm sweating about this. It's not just caring. It's carrying. It's not just caring. It's carrying burdens. And it's the scope that I want to highlight here. He says, be anxious for nothing. Nothing at all. You know, what about what about this situation? No, don't worry about that. Now, to help us understand worry, I want us to turn back. We've already looked at it once, but let's look at it again. Matthew chapter six. So, put your finger in your Bible. Go back to Matthew six because Jesus talks about worry, and I want to point out two facts about worry that Jesus spells out for us in Matthew six. I'm going to read for us Matthew six, starting in verse twenty-five, all the way down to verse thirty. Christ says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one stature to his cubit? cubit to a stature. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Two facts about worry that Jesus sets forth before us here. First, worry carries more than any of us were meant to bear. Worry carries more than any of us were meant to bear. Worry is essentially gathering up the concerns of this life and carrying them about like a burden on our back. And we're not meant to bear that weight. And it will eventually crush us. Jesus says here, don't worry about your life. Everything that pertains to your life. God will provide. And then he uses the examples here of birds of the air and of the flowers. 
The birds are fed even though they don't reap and though they don't sow. God still feeds them. No birds are wandering around thinking to themselves, woe is me, you know, where am I going to get my next meal? They, they just are birds. God provides for them. The same could be said for the lilies of the field. These beautiful flowers, I don't know if you noticed as you came in today, there are pots of flowers out there. And it really is true that Solomon was not arrayed in more beautiful splendor than that because just the delicate colors of a flower are just breathtaking. And yet, how hard did they work? God provided the rain. God provided the sun. Everything they needed was given. And when we heap up all these burdens on our shoulders, we weigh ourselves down with something we weren't meant to carry. He talks here about physical needs, mainly. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or what you're going to wear. Those are things that pertain to this life. And that tends to be what we get stuck on, is what am I going to do? What about things? Things, things. That's what worry is all about. It's tied inexorably to things. We worry about where we're going to get the next thing. But not only is it about things, it's also about time. Tomorrow. You notice Jesus talks there about not worrying about tomorrow. This whole passage, you know, oftentimes we get caught worrying about tomorrow. Look at verse 30, though. Here's the other thing that Jesus teaches concerning worry. Not only does it mean we carry more than we're meant to carry, it also reveals a lack of faith. It reveals a lack of faith. You notice the end of verse 30? He says, now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? What does the worry reveal here? It reveals a lack of trust. To worry is to doubt God. Now, now people worry because life is so unpredictable. We look around, and life is just, a bit of a mess sometimes. And it's easy to see why people slip so easily into worry. Because what's going to happen? I don't know. There's a hundred possibilities. There's 10,000 things that could go wrong. And so what they do is they look around and they see that life's unstable. So they'll look to something that they consider stable. Whether it's a relationship or a person or a thing or an activity. And they'll grab onto that. Some people, however, realize that everything is unstable. And so they look within themselves. And granted, they probably find more stability, perhaps, depending on what their inner life is like, but even that is not entirely stable, is it? All of us would recognize you're not going to find true stability within yourself. You've got to look somewhere else. And worry looks around, and it looks within, and it finds nothing to give it peace. There's only one place to look. Corey Ten Boom said it well. She said, look around and be distressed. Look inside and be depressed. Look at Jesus and be at rest. You know, the, the vacuum that worry creates would collapse in on itself if there's nothing to fill it. But Paul in Ephesians, or excuse me, in Philippians gives us the other side of this. Not only are we supposed to not worry about anything, but he says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So don't worry about anything, 
Number two, pray about everything. Pray about everything. Notice that the word of the Lord here is not just stop worrying. Or, as the song says, don't worry, be happy. That's not the answer to worry. See, if, if we just say don't worry, well, we create a vacuum. What do we fill that with? Well, Paul says prayer. Pray about everything. Make your requests known, he says at the end of the verse. So let me be clear. Prayer is not some magic formula that automatically cures us of, of worry. It's not magic, it's truth. By laying down our worries at the feet of Jesus, we unburden ourselves of continued worry. That's really what prayer does. It lays down our cares and hands them over to Christ so that we no longer carry them. So if you really want to be free from anxiety and free from worry, the Bible says in everything, exactly opposite of what of being anxious. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, turn it over to God in prayer. Give it to him. Now the Bible describes what we're to do here with three words. It says, but in everything by prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Those are the three words. First of all, in prayers. This word is the most basic word for prayer in the Bible. It's kind of means prayer in the, the most general sense. Interestingly, it also has an aspect of worship to it. It's prayers that not just, it's not just praying, asking for the next thing, but prayers that are worshipful at their heart, that recognize who we're talking to, to God himself. And you know, when we pray and we recognize who God is, that should lift our worried hearts up, shouldn't it? I love what John MacArthur suggests at this point. He suggested that anxious souls be subjected to what he calls psalm therapy. He describes it this way. Any Christian paralyzed by anxiety should be sequestered to a simply furnished room, given food through a slot in the door, and not let out until he or she has read the entire book of psalms. Those undergoing the psalm therapy would know so much about God that they couldn't help but praise him. I like that idea. I think we should have a room here in our church where we can lock people in there who are worried, give them the book of Psalms and say, read. Psalm therapy. But that's the point, though. When we pray, it's not just praying so we can talk about how worried we are about all the things we're upset about, but it should be prayer that recognizes God and his greatness, that praises him. And I wonder if we really, really did that, how quickly worry would vanish away. Not only does he say prayers, though, he also mentions supplications. Supplications. Another way to translate it is petitions. Requests. This is asking for something. For requesting something. Begging of something. So instead of holding on to this thing and saying, I'm worried about it. What's going to happen? He says, give it to God. If you're worried about it, talk to God about it. There's nothing so small that we should worry about it, but not pray. Every concern we have, God wants to hear. So turn your worries into supplications, into requests, and present them to God. And then finally, he says, also with thanksgiving. This rep represents the entire posture of the heart. With thanksgiving. 
thankful heart. A thankful heart is really a heart that's free from worry. Because Thanksgiving, I think, turns our hearts from worry and anxiety to praise and worship. And I think many of us could testify at some difficult time when our souls were filled with worry that if we just counted our blessings, we would recognize that our worry is slipping away. Uh, D.L. Moody kind of paraphrases this verse in a really clever way. He says, we should be careful for nothing, prayerful for everything, thankful for anything. The question for us this morning is, would you like to be free from worry? If the answer is yes, then rejoice, because the antidote is given right here. Prayer sets us free from worry. Now, it's not just prayer as a magical formula. It's prayer as laying down our worries and giving them to Christ and no longer having them. I was trying to think of an illustration of this. There's probably several I could use, but in our front yard, right out in front of our house, there are four bushes that have been, they're pretty scraggly looking. And I cut them off mostly, but the stumps are still there. And I need to redo our whole landscaping out there. But I had to get those three stumps out. I went at it with an axe on one of them and just about wore myself out trying to chop it up. And those stumps are a lot harder than you think. And so I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say anxious, but I would say I'm concerned about how to get rid of these bushes. And it's on my mind. And what am I going to do? I need to get these bushes out. I need to get the, the stumps out so I can redo all the landscaping. Well, just this past week, I had a young guy come over. Uh, he and a, a friend of his are trying to find work this summer doing landscaping and stuff. And so I hired them to come dig up those bushes and get them out of there. So I have turned that worry over to these guys. I'm not worried about the bushes anymore. I might be worried that they show up on time, but as far as the worry about the bushes, it's their problem now. And that's what happens when we pray. We give that worry and say, God, you're in control. You, you take care of it. And when we do that, when we transfer that worry over to the Lord, well, it sets us free. Prayer will set us free from worry if we're willing to give it the chance. Hudson Taylor, missionary to China, once said it like this. Let us give up our work, our plans, ourselves, our lives, our loved ones, our influence, our all, right into God's hands. And then when we have given all over to him, there will be nothing left for us to be troubled about. Not only does prayer set us free from worry, though. Secondly, prayer provides true peace. Prayer provides true peace. I kind of labored on verse 6 because that's the meat of it, but the result is given in verse 7. What's the enemy of anxiety? Prayer. Prayer is the enemy of anxiety. But what is the opposite of anxiety? It's peace. That's what we're looking for. It's not just to be free from worry, but also to have the presence of peace in our hearts. After all, the question I asked at the beginning is, how can I have peace when anxiety strikes? It's not just how can I have less anxiety, it's how can I have peace instead? The result is in verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 7 explains this result. It's that we will have the peace of God. Would you like to have that? Would you like to have the peace of God in your life instead of constant worry? Well, the answer is prayer. Now, the peace here 
is described this way. It is God's peace. It is God's peace. You notice this verse 7. And the peace of God, which, by the way, is different than peace with God. We talk about peace with God, which is a wonderful biblical truth, by the way. Uh, Romans 5 talks about this, that through Christ Jesus and his blood, we have peace with God. That means we have been reconciled to God. We have a relationship with the Father. Our sins are forgiven. We are now restored to the Lord. That is peace with God. But there are many people who have peace with God, believers, who do not have the peace of God. In other words, they're still worriers at heart. They're still anxious about many, many things. So what is this peace of God? Well, one author described it like this. It's the comfortable sense of our reconciliation to God and interest in his favor, the hope of heavenly blessedness and the enjoyment of God hereafter. So God's peace is the sense of calm and tranquility we know when we recognize that God has provided for us all that we need and that he is taking care of us every given moment. It's the peace which God provides. That, that's the sense in which it's the peace of God. It's the peace that he gives to his children. You won't know that peace until you turn over those needs to the Lord. Now, of course, there is a false sense of peace that a lot of people chase after. If I can just be free from the anxiety. And so people will you know, take pills or whatever to try and take them out of this feelings that they have. And it can provide sort of this false sense of peace that, I, okay, I feel a little better now. But you're never going to have the peace of God, God-given peace. It is God's peace, but secondly, it surpasses understanding. You notice this in verse 7? When we pray and we turn our requests, our, our worries into requests, it says the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. This is such a great phrase. It's translated in a lot of different ways in different translations. Uh, one said, exceeds anything we can understand, surpasses all comprehension. One could literally translate it, it exceeds the mind. It's more than our minds can fathom. I think, I think we've got the idea there. It's a peace which goes beyond our ability to understand or comprehend. It lacks explanation. This is a peace which doesn't make sense. There's not really a good explanation for it. Because it's a peace which comes apart from a change in circumstances. Right? The world is looking for, I want peace, change my circumstances so I can be happy. But the believer can have peace despite his circumstances. Think about this. Paul is writing the letter of Philippians while in prison in Rome. His circumstances are not exactly rosy. And yet he can say to them, be anxious about nothing. And, and I, I can only imagine in that imprisonment, Paul is probably brimming over with joy that he's describing here to the Philippians. You know, he's not worried about things. And the Roman soldiers are probably scratching their heads or helmets thinking, what's up with this guy? Be anxious about nothing. He has a peace that surpasses understanding, which, which doesn't make sense on the outside, but it makes sense if you're a follower of God. And that comes through prayer. Prayer provides that peace. If you're willing to give up your 
concerns, if you're willing to take your worries and turn them into prayer requests and present them to God and leave them there, then you will experience this peace. One woman said that her problem was that her requests were sort of like a yo-yo. She would give them up to God, and then they would always come zipping back to her. You know, she would always kind of take them back upon herself. The key is to give them to the Lord and no longer worry about them. George Mueller is an excellent example of trust in God. You probably know some of his story. He was a devout Christian who started an orphanage in Bristol, England. And the key element of his ministry is that he never asked for money. He trusted the Lord to provide. And God did in amazing ways in his life. God provided again and again for his needs. Yet, I can only imagine that running an orphanage, and and he cared for over 10,000 orphans in his lifetime. I can imagine that the needs were probably overwhelming sometimes. And the worries, I'm sure, could stack up trying to care for all of these people without ever asking for money. He once said, Many times when I could have gone insane from worry, I was at peace because my soul believed the truth of God's promises. It seems that George Mueller got this. He was experiencing the peace of God because he dedicated his life and the ministry that he ran to the Lord. And trusted God. See, prayer is that declaration of trust. It provides peace. Third, though, prayer protects us from anxiety. Prayer protects us from anxiety. The end of verse 7, well, all of verse 7 says, The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. For a lot of people, anxiety and worry is, is a lifelong struggle. I know I'm supposed to pray. I know I'm supposed to give this to the Lord, but, and that's the key word, isn't it? But, here comes the excuse. I find myself drifting back into worry so often. How do I I keep myself there? It's probably not a surprise to you that James, in the book of James, writes, we all stumble in many ways. Isn't that true? And this is one of those areas where I think a lot of us stumble at times. You know what would be great? What would be great is if we had like a protection system. Like we, we start trusting in God and we have something that would protect us from going back to anxiety. And it's sort of what this verse says, isn't it? He says this peace is going to come, it surpasses all understanding, and it will guard your hearts and minds through Christ. So I want to point out in this latter part of the verse, the security which God supplies, the scope for which he supplies it, and then finally the sphere in which it's given. So first of all, the security. The security which God supplies. The text here says that the peace of God will guard our hearts. It will guard us. That, that word means to, f- to provide security. Now it could go one of two ways. You can have somebody securing something so that people from the outside can't get in. Like a bank vault. Secured guarded so that people can't get in and get the money. Or you could have a guard keeping watch over something so something doesn't get out, right? Like you have a guard in a prison to keep prisoners from escaping. So this guarding can go both ways, to keep outsiders out and insiders in. Well, 
probably what Paul has in mind here when he says it will guard your hearts and minds, I imagine was standing right next to him. You know, here's this Roman guard that's keeping watch over him night and day, keeping him from escaping. So what he imagines here is that God's peace stands guard over us, kind of like a security guard, a bodyguard, if you will, that keeps us from returning back to anxiety. The more the peace of God distills into our hearts, the more we are kept then from returning back to anxiety. It protects us. It guards us. And what exactly does it guard? Well, that's the scope. It guards our hearts and our minds, which both of those are susceptible to worry, aren't they? Our heart, you know, you hear somebody say, I'm just following my heart. What they mean by that is I'm following my emotions. It's, it's what I feel with. Well, worry strikes us where we feel, doesn't it? When worry comes, we feel it. We don't just think about it. We don't just experience it. We feel it. It compresses us. It, it it builds up in, inside of us, and you can feel it physically even, what, the effects of worry on your body. So it strikes us in the heart, but not only does it stay in the heart, it also affects our mind. Because why do we worry? It's because our thinking is in some way wrong, isn't it? You know, we think our problems are bigger than they are. We think our God is smaller than he is. So really, it's how we feel and what we think that needs to be transformed. And that's what God's peace guards, is both of those elements, what we feel and what we think. We need both of them protected if we're going to be free from anxiety. Finally, though, he mentions the sphere where it's going to take place, through Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus. Matthew Harmon, a commentator, explains this verse this way. The hearts and minds of God's people are guarded in the safety and security of Christ himself. Continuing the analogy, Christ Jesus is presented as the stronghold in which our hearts and minds are kept safe from the ravages of anxiety. One might even see prayer as the passcode that grants us access to the safety of that stronghold, which is Christ. So when we are in Christ, he is that stronghold, that fortress, that safe place. Now, it, the Bible here says that the peace of God does all that. The peace of God is going to guard your hearts. But how do we get the peace? It's through prayer. And so in an indirect way, prayer protects us from anxiety. So on both ends, if we are already anxious, well, then prayer is the answer. If we're not anxious right now, we still need to be praying because it protects us from falling into those anxious thoughts. We worry because we think everything depends on us. And we act like it. When we learn to trust God, Commit our anxieties to him in prayer. We can lay our head down in peace. We can rest assured that God is in control. He can handle whatever may come. I read the story of a woman living in England during World War II, and the bombers would come by every night, and the, the lights would shine across the sky, and the anti-aircraft fire would be deafening. And this woman went to bed every night and slept like a baby, and everybody wondered what was up with her. And so somebody got the courage up to ask her one day, you know, why do you seem so steady in the midst of all this chaos that's going around? And she replied, well, every night I say my prayers, and then I remember how God has told us he is watching. So I go to sleep. After all, there's no need for two of us to lie awake. 
Well, God's, God's prayer protects, you know, prayer itself protects us from anxiety. You know, why, why lie awake? Why sit up when God has it? He's in control. So the question, how can we have peace when anxiety strikes? The answer is prayer. One reason we don't often find freedom from anxiety is that we're too busy carrying and we're so, so used to carrying our own worries about that we can't lay them down. Well, the command for us, really the, the thing to, to hang on here as we close our message is this. Cast your cares on the Lord. Cast your cares on the Lord. It's the only thing we can do with them. I mean, we can hold on to them, yes, and we can work ourselves up with worry. But what we should do is cast our cares upon him. We're not meant to bear that load. God, give us grace. God, give us the ability to be able to, to turn over those needs to him. Again, I read another story by H.P. Barker, who was a servant of the Lord and a preacher many years ago. He writes, when I was a boy, I used to help my mother uh, in the store that she owned carry apples, even as a little fellow. He said, I would put in my arm as many as I could. I tried to carry them all at once. He said, I would manage a step or two, but then one fell, and then another, and before you know, all the apples were on the floor. My mother laughed. Putting my tiny hand around one apple, she suggested I take that one and carry the others in the same way. Mr. Barker made the following application. Don't try to put your arm around a year or even a week. Rather say, here's another day begun, Lord. Let me live for you. Just give me the help and strength I need now. Casting all those cares, those anxieties on the Lord, I think the challenge for us is do it. And again, if you're a little bit suspicious that it could be that easy, Try it. I mean, really try it. Don't just touch on it and move on, but cast your cares on the Lord and see if that doesn't alleviate the anxieties we face. The Lord is eager and able to carry all of your burdens and more.